And good evening and welcome to Guys Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, welcoming you to the podcast. It is podcast number 295 of Guys Guys Radio. This evening, it is Wednesday, June 27th, 2018. Welcome to the show. We've got a great show for you this evening. Our special guest has written a book called Truth to Triumph, A Spiritual Guide to Finding Your Truth, Lily Sanders. And she's going to be here in a few minutes. Um, she's waiting, and we're going to get her on very soon. Let's uh, start off the show now and see what's going on. So, Guys Guys Radio, almost at 300 podcasts. Everything is live, uh, free. You can find us on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio. You want to support the show, write a review. Subscribe, rate on iTunes. That's a big help. It all started with my novel, The Guy's Guy's Guide to Love. From there, that begot my website, robertmanny.com, where I write my syndicated blog on life, love, and the pursuit of happiness. From there, that begot Guy's Guy's Radio. And we've been doing this for a couple of years now, and we've got a good growing following, and our message is... This is the place where when men and women can be at their best, everyone wins. Now, the name of the show is Guys, Guys Radio. So you, you might think, oh, it's like the man show. Well, we like beer and we like football and we like booze and we like boobs and everything like that. But the show is much more than that. We actually do a lot of things with relationship coaches, wellness coaches, metaphysical teachers, spirituality channelers, psychics, writers, comedians sports experts, and we're expanding the club always. We've had so many guests. Out of 295 shows, we've probably had about 275 different guests. And we're booked right through the summer, right through September, and it's going great. And I want to thank everybody who listens and supports the show. If you ever want to call in with a question for our guest or me, the number is 347-945-945. Five eight three four. So let's quickly take a spin around the guys guys world, and then we'll uh, we'll get to our guest. So June twenty seventh here in New York City. That means the weather is finally warm. We finally got you know the the breeze has changed. You don't feel that cool breeze anymore. And that that cool breeze actually stayed with us right through I'd say at least half of June. It's a very long winter, cool wet spring, and everybody in New York City is ready for summer. So. I think there's going to be a mass exodus out of town on Friday of this week because next week, you know, we've got the 4th of July and it's on Wednesday. So a lot of people are either taking Monday and Tuesday off or Thursday and Friday off, or they're just going to string the whole thing together where if you take off this Friday, then you've got Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's a real break. So it's going to be a huge vacation week next week. Uh, So I hope everybody has some plans, whether it's a staycation or going down the Jersey Shore or the Hamptons or wherever you are in the United States or around the world listening. uh, If you do celebrate uh, the 4th of July, I hope you have some plans to to make the most of it. And that's the beginning of summer. Um, And sometimes in summer, we take a break from things. I have been taking a class at night. It's a group. It's called a spiritual unfoldment group. And I had a guest on uh, Paul Selig has been on the show. He's a very well-known channeler and he's got a whole bunch of books starting with uh, the one, I am the word, which I just kind of ran into in a bookstore one day. And then I read it and I read it again and I read it a third time. And then I'm like, I get it. And I took a couple of his uh, workshops 
and then uh, had him on a show a few times. I did a reading with him and his guides. And then uh, I noticed that he put a little promo up uh, on his site and his feed on Facebook about this woman, Jeanette Meek. And uh, he's saying that she was special. So I uh, did a reading with her and I really liked her. And I uh, signed up for her spiritual enfoldment class. And I've been going for about six months straight now. And we connect with uh, with guides called the Brotherhood. So if you're open to all of this, um, spiritual enfoldment is a really good thing to help you raise your vibrations, frequency, etc. And it takes time. And uh, there's a lot to learn, but it's it's fun. And um, you start to get into things like psychic development and uh, Jeanette is just a wonderful person and this wonderful teacher and everybody who's kind of come in and out of the group has been great. And, um, and she's a medium also. Last night I actually asked a question about my dad who passed in February and boom, he popped up and it was him because he referred to me uh, with a nickname. uh, And uh, I was like, wow. So she's for real. And uh, my point is uh, every once in a while though, especially when we're doing spiritual work, I think it's good to kind of take a break if it's training and let things process because, you know, our brains are really processors are like computers and we have to let, when you get a lot of downloads of new information, you got to give it time to process. I had another guest on the show uh, about a month ago, uh, Brett Michael Phillips, and he does a, uh, a practice called awakening dynamics. And I, after interviewing him, I said, I'll take your level one class. So I, I took the class and did some sessions with him. So I got a whole bunch of downloads there also. So I've got so much stuff coming at me and through me and in a good way that I want to take some time off and let everything kind of soak in. I want to work with his uh, workbook. I want to let a lot of Jeanette's uh, and the guide's teachings soak in. And I'm going to work on my own book, uh, second book, which is going to be nonfiction over the summer. I'm going to be spending some time at the Jersey Shore uh, with my son, who's five, and uh, we're going to have a great time. And we'll see my wife on the weekends, and uh, it's going to be fantastic. So I'm really looking forward to it. I hope you have great summer plans um, and make the most of it, because summer, as we all know, here in, in the Northeast, it goes quickly. So let's very quickly go through uh, what else is happening out there? I was reading this article. I love to scan through the app for the New York Post because it's, it's just so hilarious. And I read on page six today that uh, big butts are out. Um, the surgery that a lot of people are having, cosmetic surgeries, uh, women are having to give them big butts. Uh, that's, uh, you know, in, in homage, I guess, to J-Lo and uh, Kim Kardashian. That's slowing down now, according to the top plastic surgeons and dermatologists. And now the next thing is cleavage lines where some of the ladies want very smooth cleavage lines. So they want any wrinkles in the, the coliage taken away and they use what's called radio frequency and micro needling to do that. So that's a new thing. And earlobe fillers and bringing up the tip of the nose with Botox are two other things that uh, people are doing now. Another interesting point is that um, five years ago, one out of 20 cosmetic surgery um, uh, participants was a, a male. And now it's one in eight. So that number has been cut more than in half in the last five years. And I'm sure it'll, it'll be 50-50 pretty soon. Uh, what else? Okay, let's do our guys guy and anti-guys guy of the week. Um, the guys guy of the week is a uh, guy's name is Bobby Lynn Brockman. And he is 
um, he's got cancer and he's dying, and yet he's made his whole focus is to find homes for his dogs. And he says his dogs have been his faithful companions. They'll be with him till the end. And his goal is to find dogs. And the post uh, you know, publicized this, and uh, he's working through the adopt, adopt a Rescue Friend. So if you're interested in helping out some really great companion dogs, um, check with Adopt a Second Friend. And maybe you can uh, pick up one of Bobby Lynn Brockman's dogs, and we pray for him and wish him the best. Sometimes I do an anti-guys guy of the week. Sometimes I don't. This week I'm going to the anti-guys guy of the week is the, I guess he's just desperate, but the attorney for one of the accused um, killers of uh, this uh, 15-year-old kid who got mistakenly dragged out of a bodega in the Bronx and stabbed repeatedly. The main accused alleged perpetrator of that, his lawyer says, oh, he's got this cut on his hand, so it's a la stigmata, similar to uh, you know Jesus having cuts on his uh, palms of his hand, and how that is an excuse for this heinous pro- crime that they have um, on video. Whoever did it is... is uh, it's not laughable. It's sad. So I'm going to give that attorney, I'm not even going to post his name, the anti-guys guy of the week, though I guess he's just doing whatever he can to represent and get his client off. But um, wow, that's reaching. So anyhow, that's my anti-guys guy of the week. So it is 710. Let's take a super quick break. And um, we're going to come back with our special guest, Lily Sanders. You're listening to the Guys Guy Radio. All right. Welcome back to Guys Guys Radio. That was my uh, a former guest and a, a good acquaintance and a relationship coach, Raika Yagmani, singing us into the break there. So thank you, Raika. Um, <clears throat> let me tell you about our special guest, Lily Sanders. Her life experiences adversity, talent, sense of humor, and intense compassion has gifted her a purpose to write, influence, and coach others. As a magazine columnist, Lily has inspired thousands while writing her own powerful book that we're going to talk about this evening called Truth to Triumph, A Spiritual Guide to Finding Your Truth. And um, it's already begun You're listening to the Guys Guys Radio. Oops, that was an oops. So let's keep going. Lily specializes in transition and spiritual guidance through her book, Speaking Engagements and Coaching. She helps others see through all the minutiae in life situations to gain clarity and focus on their sole purpose. No matter what someone's story is, Lily is not about holding on to stories. Rather, she teaches others how to stop seeing themselves as a victim and instead learn how to use the experiences to become an empowered expression of love and truth. Her message is love. Um, she'll tell us her personal story that led to all of this, and let's bring her on and welcome her to Guys Guys Radio right now. Good evening, Lily. Welcome to Guys Guys Radio. Good evening, Robert. Thank you for having me. <laughs> it's really uh, a pleasure to be here. Well, thank you. Thank you for being here, and, and let's, I can't wait to talk about you and your book. So let's start out. I know you have a background in show business. You were a dancer. You were a circus performer. You were an actress. Why don't, why don't we start 
with some of that stuff. What's the difference? What is a dancer, number one? What is a dancer in your mind? And then tell us a little bit about your experience and the differences between being a dancer, a circus performer, and an actress. Okay, good question. Well, this is the Guys Guys show, so... I guess I should be asking you what what a dancer is in your mind as a guy. What it's funny because you know years ago when you know we were performing and I was a dancer, we all called each other. You know, we said we were dancers, and that typically meant that you were either a ballerina or a stage, you know, a theater dance, uh, jazz, tap, what have you. Today, if you say that you are a dancer, it kind of sounds like you're uh, a dancer in a gentleman's club, you know, perhaps mm-hmm. a stripper. Right. Right. So, um, so it really depends on what demographics you're actually <laughs> talking to, I suppose. So, um, yeah, for, for me, I was raised a ballerina. I went into the dance world. I always wanted to be uh, dancing on stage and performing and, um, so I started as a ballerina, and I went from there into tap and jazz, in which I wound up becoming um, uh, my first, my first, I guess I will say my claim to fame was when I landed uh, this, this amazing audition for Star Search with Ed oh. McMahon. I don't know if mm-hmm. you remember that. That was, that was sure. the show back then. Yep. Yes, that was kind mm-hmm. of the first show of, of, its, of its kind. And... Uh, flew us out to Hollywood and it was very, very exciting. It was an amazing opportunity. And then from there, I was pretty much on a roll of auditioning and one, you know, one audition goes into the next and I was, the next audition was for Ringling Brothers, Bond and Bailey Circus. And that was a showgirl audition. By the way, that is my parrot in the background. So he wants okay. to be a part of the show here. That's okay. Um, so he's normally sleeping at this hour, but he seems to be, uh, he wants to be a part. What, what's so it, what's anyway, his name? It's a, his name is Pippi, and it's a green chiconier, and uh, he does a little dancing of his own in his cage. <laughs> okay. Oh, hi, so, hi, Tippy. Hi, Tippy. Hi, Tippy. So, <laughs> but um, I, th- it's interesting because when I went on this, I went on this audition, it was for a showgirl, and it was literally, you know, it read in backstage, backstage is what we used to, that was the trade paper back then, and it said showgirl dancer, and uh, it was basically uh, showgirl work, meaning it was jazz, you were in your character shoes, it was uh, choreography and, and strutting, and we had these big showgirls, you know, big hats and mm-hmm. um, costumes worth thousands and thousands of dollars headsets worth thousands of dollars grommets all over i mean it was it was it was a very interesting job i lived in a train car for one year my room was three feet by six feet i kid you not that Mm -hmm. was including the bed a little sink in the corner and it made sense to me why they told me when i made that audition they said Pack four seasons of clothing into one bag. <laughs> when they took me to my room, they, you know, first of all, you know, like I'm pulling up onto this train car. Let me tell you something. When you're not sitting, standing on a platform like here in New York City or on Long Island Railroad, mm-hmm. you're just stepping, you're stepping right onto the train. Well, it's quite different when the train is 
on tracks and you're coming from the ground and you're stepping up and lifting up onto the car. It was crazy. Going down through the hallway, this little slot opens, number 13, and there I was. I was showgirl number 13. My costume said 13. The bottom of my shoes said 13. My room said 13. I was number 13. <laughs> okay. For one year in this train car. So what is the difference between um, a, well, a, a dancer and a showgirl is being a showgirl, um, it, it's really not that much difference, just different choreography, honestly. And um, there's a lot of, when you're a showgirl, it is, they're, they're pretty much presentations. In other words, every single piece that you do, like you open a show, you close the first half, you open the second half, you close the they're quote unquote production numbers. So that was, I guess that's my basic, the best way I can explain it. They're production numbers mm-hmm. sure. where if you're on Broadway or off Broadway and you're dancing and that choreography is kind of part of the kind of part of the scenario or the plot, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a little story, different yeah. and the choreography is always different. Yeah. But I came back and I went, I really dove into some very serious theater and acting and I spent every single waking hour training until I found, you know, I learned different methodologies until I found the technique that I felt worked best for me on the stage that I can rely on every day. That was the Sanford Meisner method. And I worked off Broadway and um, I wound up behind um, in front of the camera on one life to live as a day player. And that was kind of fun Uh, and completely different than stage. A day day player is, Ten lines or under. Okay. <laughs> that's the mm-hmm. best way to explain it. Yeah. And then, like, below that is, like, a U5, and that's under five lines. So over five lines and, un- and up you know, over five lines is a day player, you know. So actually, no, not ten lines and under. Over five lines is a day player. And basically, you're not, an, you know, you're not a cast member in an episode, but you are called in. Uh, I was a nurse, so every time someone was in the hospital, I got called in for work. And those days were really fun because those – completely different than today. Those days you got the sides were delivered to you. You know, today everything is internet, everything's emailed, mm-hmm. everything is texted, you know. So it was right. quite different, you know. Um, but those were the days, and, and it was a really – those were really fun times. That was when I was really on my road, uh, or should I say my path to what I felt was my purpose at the time. And I did that for a good 17 years. And then all of a sudden I took this 180 pivot into what I call in truth to triumph my book. I call the path left of center (laughs) and that's when everything went awry. Yes. All right. So let's, uh, let's take a couple of steps back because uh, the, you know, going through the book, it's about you, you, experienced a lot of abuse um as a child you had a pretty rough dad uh then you were in a marriage and had a you know rough situation there um let me ask you something just because i want to ask questions that i think the audience would want to know what because some people have experiences with abuse and other people not so much what have you have you done any soul searching and said why me yes 
why me did I go through that or why like why did it happen to me or why me in a self-blaming way not not I don't mean self-blaming but why do you okay. think that um you're part of your why life I fell journey, back in that trap <laughs> right as, as you, that you experienced initially and then then it became a uh, somewhat of a pattern I guess right in terms of uh, some of the people that you were in uh interfaced with mm-hmm. okay, it started with your dad I guess but then going on and you had to be a, it sounds like an abusive husband right yeah and what's interesting is that I had again that 17 years after you know leaving home and traveling as a you know professional uh, performer I had a good 17 years like I mentioned that it had zero abuse in it you know it was okay. everything seemed like it was fine and merry which was that's the head scratcher that's the okay, were you, uh, there. All right. So during that time frame, uh, that 17 years, uh, your personal life, were you dating? Were you married? How, how, how was that? That's the whole thing. I was single and I was, um, I had, I had like, you know, one first, you know, my first, I guess, serious relationship, what you would call your first love. And then my heart mm-hmm. was broken and I just kept, kind of forging forward and went right back into my passion, which was always dancing and acting. So as a, as someone in the performing arts and you're trying to pave your way to the top or at least to get, you know, somewhat, you know, somewhere or somewhat discovered, mm-hmm. you're not really looking to get married and settle down. So, you know, I wasn't really, yeah, I had no interest it, other than to be single and to be auditioning and to be performing, you know, okay. and getting a paycheck, you know. So so I was just, I have to say, it was, um, I didn't feel lonely. It was, for me, an exciting time. And, you know, the, the tragic part is that first person that I wound up with um, for 10 years Again, very loving relationship. And you read my book, Robert. That was the one that wound up coming um, back to New York with me. And he was from England, mm-hmm. and okay. he was he was also in in that in that industry as a as a, a sound man. Um, and we were just we just kind of parted as friends. We we realized that we were really just kind of, I guess, on you know, the same tracks going in opposite directions. You know, I still had my aspirations and goals as a performer and he went into construction work and we just had completely different dreams, you know? So again, there you go. It was fine. And then boom, I meet someone that was very much like, um, like my father. And it's, it, and it's, it really is a head scratcher. And why do I think I believe it is because when uh and for listeners to understand this as well it's it's not that you choose to be in you know a volatile situation or you choose to be you know uh disrespected or abused but it's that if you've had an upbringing where you were in that kind of environment there was a lot of um, a lack of love or self-love that is conditioned in a child. And mm-hmm. this is what I learned later on, which is why I was really thrilled to write Truth to Triumph. Not that it's about domestic violence. There's, you know, there's m- many more stories other than domestic violence in there. But it, 
it really comes down to anyone's story in anyone's past is really about letting go of those past stories so that we're not trapped in them and so that we don't create our own suffering because suffering really serves you know, no purpose other than to make us unhappy. And suffering is the number one cause of disease and even death. So when you store those unhappy stories, you know, I, I think I mentioned in Truth to Triumph, I didn't even realize that I still had been, had suppressed um, feelings from my past growing up. My father was very, very violent. And he wasn't a drinker. He was just violent. And, um, you know, when they keep playing in your mind, over and over again, you never heal and you never really breathe in the beauty and love in the here and now. And it wasn't really until the mid eighties when I start, when I picked up a book, I I mentioned also in truth to triumph, um, you have the power within or the power within to heal. It was a a Louise L. Hay book. Mm -hmm. And I remember her talking about the inner child and I was like the inner what, you know, this was, you know, this was very, um, intriguing to me, but also very foreign to me. And of course now I, I, now I get it. But the big message there was that we really keep, we really hold on to the upbringing um, the conditioning that has gone on, not just in the mind, but really what winds up being etched into the heart. And really the heart really cannot house hate. It can only house love. And um, But one of the biggest reasons why I suppose I wound up trapped was fear. Uh, fear be, meaning the absence of love. And for me, that meant uh, self-love. I didn't realize that I had uh, not loved myself as I should. And that was because I, you know, had that sense of um, feeling, I guess, uh, not honored and not respected. And that's a really, really key, key point for listeners to understand, especially if you're a parent. And, you know, and I'm not, I'm not talking about just physical abuse, you know, there's, we can talk about the verbiage alone mm-hmm. that we use with our children. It's is, is very critical that we understand that everything that we, we do and everything we talk about and, and, you know, all that unloving narrative that you let in, really it becomes the main source of the mental summary of yourself. And, again, this is suffering. And this rings true for your children as well. So we really, really need to be very conscious about guarding our thoughts and and guarding our mouths and really, really, really understanding how every single thing that we say uh, with our children will wind up becoming that mental interpretation of themselves um, from years of whether it's verbal abuse or physical abuse, and, and that winds up instilling fear in a child in their adult life. And so if your child is being told that, you know, they didn't do good yesterday or they will never, you know, become something worthy tomorrow or they're not as good as this one or why couldn't you, you know, be like this or that, then you really push them into this mental place that is really far away from reality. And, and all mm-hmm. they hear in, in their thinking mind as children is what, what they weren't, what they, what they are not, what they'll never be, you know. And, and as a result, children and adults alike can lose their ability to feel love for themselves 
which is really truly a death of the spirit. And that is exactly what I experienced. I really, for me, it was a very, it was a great tragedy, but, but a great awakening. So, so um, <laughs> yeah. there must've been a, um, a tipping point an inciting incident, something uh, where, you know, you decided to pick up this book or you were led to this book and then you read a book and, you know, one book is reading one book and it, sure it can be profound, but it, it's got to be more than that. So what, what actually happened? Cause you, you know, really flipped the switch from being coming the victim to the victor, to the vehicle, so to speak. Yeah, that's an interesting question. When I picked up that book, was uh let's see it was, what was the, name the of 80s um the power um the power to heal or the healing power within it was by louise l hay and i, okay. I don't remember exactly the name okay. but i think it was the power to heal within or something like that and right. um and what's interesting is i never wound up really reading the book i wound up reading a couple of excerpts in the book and then going back to the same bookstore and getting tapes so I could learn how to do affirmations. That mm-hmm. was when I realized that for some reason I was searching and I wasn't sure what I was searching for. Uh, consciously, I wasn't sure, but, but truly I, I was probably searching for, that inner child or that peace within me that could just be happy with me. And uh, I was in a seemingly quote unquote, seemingly happy life, but I was not happy. There was something inside of me that was at an unrest. And later I discovered that that was all of the years growing up, of abuse and, um, and fear, you know, my father was much of a militant and it really, um, it affected me, you know, as, a the child, the baby of, uh, let's see, four, there were four of us. So three other siblings, it really affected me. And by the way, it affects everyone in a different way. You're going to find people are affected. They grow up maybe, um, and they might not go into abusive relationships, but they're masters at, at self-destruction. Maybe they're alcoholics, maybe they're on drugs, maybe they're cutting, you know, so on and so forth. Or they wind up being uh, a cookie cutter of maybe their father. They wind up abusing their loved ones. You know, there are so many different offsprings, if you will, <laughs> of, of how, how this kind of upbringing can affect, can affect someone. And it affects, affects everyone in a different way. Um, so for me, that was, I think, I think the crux was, um, that I think it was really just my inner spirit knocking and saying, Hey, hello, hello, let me in because, you know, honestly, and, and you've been going through these courses that you were just talking about before, which sounds great, by the way, um, that inner voice, I, I, I'm really urge people and listeners to really understand that there's always that inner voice that is always constantly in the background, you know, behind all of the mental static that's going on in your life, in your mind. There's always that voice in the background that's always whispering. And that's 
that's the inner voice, that's intuition, and that's the voice of God. And just waiting for you to listen, to be aware that it's there, and uh, to come to it and to love it. So how did you um, go from being kind of in the victim mode? And I know you said you read the Louise Hay book and then did some uh, affirmations, but, you know, it's a, those are pretty quick steps there. How did you uh, kind of uh, get the, you know, the V8 moment where like, oh, I'm doing something wrong. I got it. And then, 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 and then many times people think that there's a shortcut to, raising your vibration or frequency and and there's really no shortcut it's a it's a uh, i think what you said about the power of your thoughts is huge because we kind of create our own reality in many ways because it's kind of really you know we are not some would argue a real awakening is that you know we're not a real being we're just kind of inside there and um things the we process what's happening and make decisions based on that so how how did you uh take uh how did you make this this is what you're talking about and what you're writing about in the book is a significant change in direction and um talk to us a little bit more about you know i'm sure there was more steps than that because you can't go from like oh i'm being abused and like oh i'm you know seeped in truth now i mean it must have been painful and it must have been steps that you had to go through and stubbing your toe and saying oh that's wrong or i thought i had the answer but not quite and what what was the process mm-hmm. like for you? Because it's not that good easy. Qu- good question. No, it's not. And it was not easy at all. Um, but it was worth it. So here's the deal. So when I when I picked up those, you know, that book with Louise L. Hay, that was before I was in an abusive relationship. I think that was when my heart was like kind of searching. Didn't know why I picked it up. Then I put that down. Then years go by. Years. And then I'm in this abusive marriage. Um, so... Now, what was, now, what did I look toward? I pick up another self-help book and I begin to read it and I begin to immerse myself in it. That was, uh, of course, that was Eckhart Tolle. And I, I honestly, uh, that. The power of now? Yes. The teaching, and well, actually, and I, I actually started with not the power of now. I started with um, a new earth. Mm-hmm. I started with a new earth, and I started listening to it. And um, now, don't laugh. I started listening to it, and I also really have a large um, knowledge of the Holy Bible. Okay. Because I was also raised. Uh, it, 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 that's a whole other story, a whole other show. But I, so I. I was, I was comparing notes between this quote-unquote New Age book or, so, or what one would call it. I don't normally label anything. And then I was comparing it to the uh, scriptures and teachings that I was aware of in the Holy Bible. And then I was comparing that and taking out different dictionaries of, um, so I could really, really delve into meanings by taking out like the Greek dictionary and um, the Roman dictionary. I was going through every, I was like a fine comb going through everything I could. And I always also had a big attraction to uh, learning about how the mind works and, and, um, and the power of our mind. But what clicked for me was all of them together. And what really was 
really clicked for me was that I realized that it's not just your mind. It's not just your heart. Something stopped me dead in my track. I always call it, you know, the universe or God. And, and, and really opened my eyes to the fact that we need as, 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 to live life and see our life through the eyes of our soul. And without sounding, you know, so quote-unquote spiritual, I know people, some people don't understand that. If it's not of the body, if it's, of the, it's of the spirit. No big deal. But what I really learned was that we really have to integrate the body, the mind, our intuition, and really understand and see yourself through soul level on how we navigate through this world in form, through the, which I always call the external world, the world in form, mm-hmm. and, and, and without losing our truth without losing who we are. And, you know, and, and look what Eckhart Tolle says, you know, nothing ever happened, you know, uh, in the past that has any power over you now, correct? Well, absolutely. You know, and it wound up really just me saying no to fear. In other words, when I realized that, wow, you know, just because this person has these issues or these pain bodies, Eckhart Tolle talks about the pain bodies, that was a big awakening for me because I said, oh, so it's not me. I'm not going crazy. This, this person this person has a hell of a lot of pain bodies, and I don't need to fall victim of his pain anymore. And that was a big turnaround for me, big turnaround for me. And I said, you know what? That's it. I'm letting go. I'm peeling off the victim label, and I'm taking my power back, and I'm going to tell you why. The The length of volatile behavior started to become closer and closer and closer. Meaning, you know, in the beginning of my, you know, my marriage, it was, you know, a couple of times a year. And then it became more and more and more and more until not only could I not mentally or emotionally take it, but my body was wearing down. And I remember being on the ground, like the floor of the shower. Mm-hmm. And I know this sounds crazy, but I'm being frankly uh, um, uh, transparent here for all of the listeners. I remember being on the floor of the shower crying and asking God to just give me cancer or give me some kind of disease that I would die because I did not know how to do this anymore. And that was the weekend that I, I had this amazing power to pick up the phone, you know, to, to, to just say, you know what, you're going to have to back off. I'm going to have to have you removed. Now, did I get, you know, myself beat this up over that? Yeah. This was your, okay. I had a run how long my you, life. How long you were married? 10 years at this point? I was mar- I was with him for nine years. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I've got to tell you, you, look, I mean, you need to firmly tell someone to back off. You'll have them removed. Um, and, and that may mean that you have to run for your life. But, but, and that's what it came down to for me. But, but that's your race to freedom. And that's the door back home. And, and look, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to be very transparent again. There's also that, that 
feeling inside of you where you're feeling not self-blame, but you're feeling like very much like you're failed in not just a marriage, but you failed yourself. Like, why can't I fix this? I, I have like three really successful businesses, which by the way, so listeners know I was running three highly successful franchises while I was living behind a veil of silence. I came from a very, you know, um, it was, you know, it was, I was making plenty of money and I'm thinking, why, how can I run businesses and raise my child and be this great mommy? And, and why cannot I fix my marriage? Because it wasn't about me. It wasn't about me. And so once you learn that it's not about you and, uh, in a way it is about you because of course you're still living in fear and you're not, you know, taking hold of yourself and taking your power back and, and, and leaving and changing the situation, then everything starts to look different because you start to see things through the eyes of the soul and you think, so what? Okay. You know, uh, excuse my French, but all right. So now I've called the police. Now he's arrested and sure. Now the shit hits the fan, but you know what? It, it didn't matter at that point in my life. I said, I don't care if I'm rubbing two pennies together. I cannot live like this anymore. And that's what it comes down to. Basically, it's when you, when you, when you have suffered enough and, you, and you're ready to like stop the suffering, then that's when you take the shift. And that is a powerful time of transformation. That's, that's, that's that shift that you look for. Okay. And how long ago was that? That was um, that was nine years ago. Okay, and then um, yeah. I, I so you basically made a shift from kind of uh, I'll put this in quotes ego uh, way of seeing life, like most of us do. The ego is part of us, and the ego mm-hmm. takes over often. And switching the perspective uh, from an ego perspective to a soul perspective. Um, yes. What were some of the challenges in that shift I think it was the some of the challenges in that shift was making certain because now remember this is when I had this you know I I felt enlightened if you will where I was I had this awakening inside of me then the challenges were trying to stay completely conscious, completely aware, completely present, where no matter what was going on in the situations that come with, you know, um, divorce and, you know, now you're going through the whole procedures, you know, the world has you running to court and you have, you know, different, you know, conditions going on and now, you know, you've got you know, more things on your, on your shoulders with your business and so on and so forth. It's a matter of the challenge was constantly staying focused and never, ever looking back. I always tell everyone, no matter what, never look back. Um, and also stop sitting and waiting for the light at the end of the tunnel because there is no end of the tunnel. The time is now. We need to really take take action now to change a current situation and and the action should always be uh to take to 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 make choice for peace you know what you know look 
you know, peace is always, look, all life situations may not always be peaceful. And um, they may not always turn perfect, rather. But the choice to have peace in a situation is always there. And if you have peace in the situation, whether it's a perfect situation or not, then it truly is perfect. Okay. Um, last question for you. Um, how about since you've kind of made the shift and now you're all about living in the present, um, what would be your tips to other people who are, have similar experiences that they're going through right now in terms of uh, making that shift and learning how, how do you live in the present? Good question. You know, there, again, it's by really basically by beginning to see yourself at soul level, letting go of the linear concept of thinking. That was big for me, and that's one of my biggest tips that I would love to give your listeners today is letting go of that linear concept of thinking and allow the multidimensional concept as your new reality. And when you come into awareness and see that you're so much more than this vehicle, you know, our bodies that house the soul, the potential is there to really unlock anything and everything that your heart desires because you'll, you'll be in, in this harmonious matrimony, if you will, with yourself and your inner child, right? So this is a relationship that we want to strive for because it, it is really our divine connection to oneness, uh, source, God. And, and honestly, when, when we're in the present moment, it doesn't mean that we're not planning also our tomorrow, meaning, meaning tomorrow is only made up of one substance, the present moment. So if you are managing everything in the best way that you can in the present moment, that is the best thing that you can do for a happier tomorrow. So, This means that if there's love, understanding, and happiness in the here and now, you're going to have love and understanding and happiness in the tomorrow, in your future. And so my biggest message for for your listeners today would be don't seek happiness and fulfillment in the world of form because it's not there. It, it, It is all impermanent. Even happiness, Robert, is impermanent. That's why we really need to practice happiness every moment of every day. Happiness is in the here and now. And I believe that there are enough conditions in anyone's life situation for happiness to be found in the here and now. And we have a divine appointment to enter the here and now. And the question is, are you ready? And when we miss that divine appointment, we miss life. Got it. Okay. Lily, uh, Thank you for being our featured guest on Guys Guys Radio. If you would, take a few moments and uh, tell our listeners where they can learn uh, more about you, where they can find you on social media, and where they can pick up your book. Great. Thank you. Okay, so uh, my website uh, is lilysanders.live. It's L-I-L-Y-S-A-N-D-E-R-S dot L-I-V-E. Uh, definitely come on my website. I'm offering a free ebook for everyone that comes on or the listeners today called Soul Bread, Daily Affirmations That Feed the Soul. And my book, it's international, uh, probably easiest to tell everyone. You can get it on Amazon.com internationally. You can also pick up uh, a book through my website, LilySanders.live. And I also have the Amazon um, 
uh, link in there and Barnes & Noble link in there in my website. And also the link to my publisher is also on my website. Uh, so definitely avail yourself to that. Also, uh, would love to open myself up to anyone that wants coaching opportunities or speaking opportunities. And definitely come visit me on Facebook, uh, which, again, on Facebook is also LilySanders.live. Instagram, Lily underscore Sanders underscore author. And Twitter is Lily Sanders 11. Great. Okay. Well, listen, Lily, it's a pleasure to meet you and uh, listening to your story. And the book is called um, Truth to Triumph, A Spiritual Guide to Finding Your Truth. Lily Sanders, thank you so much for being my special guest on Guys Guys Radio. I hope you continue doing your good work and you have a great summer. Thank you so much. You too. All right. Okay, folks. Bye, Rob. Goodbye. Take care, Lily. Thank you. Um, All right. We're going to take a quick break, and then I'm going to come back. I'm going to do my guys, guys, guide, and then uh, we'll wrap up. So it is uh, 749, and we're going to take a super quick break. The Guys, Guys Radio. All right. We're back on Guys, Guys Radio, and... um, I like to keep our guys, guys, guide when possible relevant to kind of what we've been talking about during the show. So um, I posted a blog um, recently and it got a lot of, um, it got a lot of uh, pickup on it. Uh, it. It really had roots. So it was about what happened to men. Nobody's what knows what they're doing anymore, especially the men. And it's all about, you know, what guys kind of need to do right now to make themselves uh, the best men they can be. And I think first thing that men have to do today is uh, they have to acknowledge that we have an identity problem. Uh, men are at a crossroads. You've got uh, the millennial guys. They're caught between the MMA and manscaping. You've got the GX and the boomers. They're more and more defining themselves by their size of their wallet and their the title of their job. And, you know, my buddies who are boomers, they get to a certain point and they're like, is this all there is? I'm going to get put out to pasture soon. What else is there? And, uh, you know, you don't want to end up sitting on the couch watching TV and let your brain rot. You want to be healthy and uh, vibrant. And I think a lot of guys want to do more. And some of them, they just don't, they can't just take a trip to Peru with a healer for a week. They, but they want small things. They want to start to do things with their diet. They want to do, they, they want to do things, but it's, it's not easy. So I think men need to start by, number one, um, realizing that they have a problem and um, want want to succeed, want to do more and keep an open mind and start searching and move from being kind of that victor that they've been in business uh, to the vehicle, the vehicle for love and soul energy. And um, as part of that, they need to celebrate women, realize that you know women aren't the enemy to men. Women want men to be the best they can be, but men need to learn how to celebrate women too. Um, you know, women have are on a fast track to ascension and recognition uh, that's well-deserved and long overdue. But it's not a threat to men. It's actually a very good thing for men. With women taking on more of the heavy lifting, financial responsibilities, men are free to grow in other areas. That's like their education, spirituality, emotional intelligence, things that they can do for their partner beyond just providing for them financially, which is not quite as mission critical as it's been in the past. And today's women are offering men this gift but it's up to men to accept it and then to do the work on themselves. To me, that seems like a good deal. 
Um, I think as part of that, men need to kind of go inside. They need to shut off the TV, need to shut down their phone. They need to shut down the Internet ever so often, go inside and listen. And um, I think not only do they need to listen to what's going on inside of them, I think with the whole Me Too movement, they have to not react to that. And they just have to listen, listen and learn about all the abuse that women have had to put up with over the centuries, not the years, not the months not the decades, but centuries of abuse from men um, and repression and realize that, you know, this has been building up and things happen very quickly in our lives. And this lifetime, things are happening faster than they ever had in the history of mankind. So you have to fasten your seatbelt and just be open-minded and listen and not overreact. A lot of guys get pissed off about the Me Too thing or they, they get angry and no, listen and learn and, and, and realize that you know, when you have over 50% of women have been subject to some type of abuse from men, that's a lot. That's an issue. That's a problem. Flip the script. Imagine if it was men on the receiving end of that. <laughs> See how you would take it. So anyhow, guys need to go inside. They need to quiet themselves. They need to shut down from all the tech every, every now and then and just kind of get in touch with who they are and they need to listen. Another thing that guys can do is what I like to call eat to eat to win autoimmune diseases begin in the gut and the gut has been proven to work as our second brain. That means making the right choices when it comes to food and drink is paramount. Diet is an issue that many men overlook. You know, too many guys that I know still eat and drink the same way they did in college and men in their thirties nowadays are realizing for the first time, they're actually dudes in their thirties getting early Alzheimer's symptoms. And it's probably about diet and stress. And, but unfortunately, too many men still eat what tastes good rather than what's good for them. And as a result, many men are becoming obese. They're breaking down much earlier nowadays. You know, the life expectancy is actually shorter now than it was 20 years ago. Incredible with all of the knowledge that we have now. You have to be smart about your diet. Men prefer fit women. Just look at Instagram. So it's fair, though, that women want men who are fit and capable of dealing with modern life's challenges. So, guys, evolving your diet as you age is critical to your appearance and mental fitness and, uh, you know, how women are going to look at you the same way you look at them. You know, the package is important. So beware. The other thing guys need to do is uh, realize that you are more than your job. And as I said, a lot of men, uh, understandably so, have defined themselves by their job because they spent so many days, hours, weeks, months, years, decades working on their career and providing for their families. But it's important for a man to know and love the guy he's definitely going to be spending the rest of his life with. That's himself. Because jobs fade away and sometimes, you know, the divorce rate is over 50%. And the one person you're not going to get away from is yourself. So, I would suggest that guys always continue educating themselves, staying on point there. And there's infinite opportunities for guys to feed their minds and nurture their souls. You can just all types of, you know, it's ironic. You go into the bookstore and if you want to find the real spiritually driven books, they're all the way in the back corner near the, near, near the bathrooms. But some of, some of those books are the best, the best books you'll find in the entire bookstore. So just do some searching, talk to some people, Maybe take a class, learn something about what's going on inside. And, you know, you can just put quotes around the word spirituality so it doesn't become something that, uh, you know, it's a 
10 cent word. It's, uh, it's something that's important though. It's really what's going on inside of you. And uh, the fact that you're a lot more than the definition that the culture has given you. So listen, our world's changing, but there's never been a better time to be a man. Women are watching us closely, guys. And I assure you that they are seeking qualities in men beyond the size of the wallet or the biceps even. Men and abs, men with abs help. But ultimately, today's women want to date guys who know themselves and maintain a curiosity and a passion for life. When a guy develops these qualities, it shows. And if men recognize and respect women, they can become very desirable for the ladies and they can improve themselves at the same time. It's called evolution. But it's up to men to take advantage of the resources available to live as vibrantly as possible. And if guys make the effort to accept change and to work on themselves, lots of available, intelligent, and attractive women will be there to welcome you with open arms if you're single. And if you're not, if you're in a committed relationship, I'm sure your partner will appreciate it, that you're working on yourself. That's a good thing. Um, and everybody will appreciate it. Your friends, your partner, your family, and the world. You raise your frequency you help raise the frequency of everything that's going on out there. So that's our show for this evening, guys, guys radio. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back after the 4th of July, July 5th. We've got a spiritual teacher. He's fantastic. Matt Kahn is going to be with us on July 5th until then. I figure take a little break. Everybody's going to be on vacation next week. Well, not everybody, but a lot of people. So enjoy your time off. Enjoy the 4th of July. All the best to everybody. And remember, like I always like to say, guys, guys, finish first.